section thirty seven of the fortunes of nigel by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter thirty five we are not worst at once the course of evil begins so slowly and from such slight source an infant's hand might stem its breach with clay but let the stream get deeper and philosophy ay and religion too shall strive in vain to turn the headlong torrent old play the templars had been regaled by our friend richie manipoles in a private chamber at beaujeu's where he might be considered as good company for he had exchanged his serving-man's cloak and jerkin for a grave yet handsome suit of clothes in the fashion of the times but such as might have befitted an older man than himself he had positively declined presenting himself at the ordinary a point to which his companions were very desirous to have brought him for it will be easily believed that such wags as lowstaff and his companion were not indisposed to a little merriment at the expense of the raw and pedantic scotsman besides the chance of easing him of a few pieces of which he appeared to have acquired considerable command but not even a succession of measures of sparkling sack in which the little brilliant atoms circulated like motes in the sun's rays had the least effect on richie's sense of decorum he retained the gravity of a judge even while he drank like a fish partly from his own natural inclination to good liquor partly in the way of good fellowship towards his guests when the wine began to make some innovation on their heads master lowstoff tired perhaps of the humours of richie who began to become yet more stoically contradictory and dogmatical than even in the earlier part of the entertainment proposed to his friend to break up their debauch and join the gamesters the drawer was called accordingly and richie discharged the reckoning of the party with a generous remuneration to the attendants which was received with cap and knee and many assurances of kindly welcome gentlemen i agree we should part so soon gentlemen said richie to his companions and i would you had cracked another quart ere you went or stayed to take some slight matter of supper and a glass of rhenish i thank you however for having graced my poor collation thus far and i commend you to fortune in your own courses for the ordinary neither was is nor shall be an element of mine fare thee well then said lowstoff most sapient and sententious master manipoles may you soon have another mortgage to redeem and may i be there to witness it and may you play the good fellow as heartily as you have done this day nay gentlemen it is merely of your grace to say so but if you would but hear me speak a few words of admonition respecting this wicked ordinary reserve the lesson most honourable richie said lowstoff until i've lost all my money showing at the same time a purse indifferently well provided and then the lecture is likely to have some weight and keep my share of it richie said the other templar showing an almost empty purse in his turn till this be full again and then i will promise to hear you with some patience ay ay gallant said richie the full and the empty gang ay a gate and that is a grey one but the time will come nay it is come already said lowstoff they have set out the hazard table since you will peremptorily not go with us why farewell richie and farewell gentlemen said richie and left the house into which they had returned manipoles was not many steps from the door when a person whom lost in his reflections on gaming ordinaries 
and the manners of the age he had not observed and who had been as negligent on his part ran full against him and when ritchie desired to know whether he meant only incivility replied by a curse on scotland and all that belonged to it a less round reflection on his country would at any time have provoked ritchie but more especially when he had a double cord of canary and better in his pate he was about to give a very rough answer and to second his word by action when a closer view of his antagonist changed his purpose you are the very lad in the world said ritchie whom i most wish to meet and you answered the stranger or any of your beggarly countrymen are the last sight i should ever wish to see you scots are ever fair and false and an honest man cannot thrive within eyeshot of you as to our poverty friend replied ritchie that is as heaven pleases but touching our falsehood i'll prove to you that a scotsman bears as leal and true a heart to his friend as ever beat an english doublet i care not whether he does or not said the gallant let me go why keep you hold of my cloak let me go or i will thrust you into the kennel i believe i could forgie ye for you did me a good turn once in plucking me out of it said the scot beshrew my fingers then if they did so replied the stranger i would your whole country lay there along with you and heaven's curse bite the hand that helped to raise them why do you stop my way he added fiercely because it is a bad one master jenkins said ritchie nay never start about it man you see you are known alack a day that an honest man's son should live to start at hearing himself called by his own name jenkins struck his brow violently with his clenched fist come come said ritchie this passion availeth nothing tell me what gate go you to the devil answered jim then that is a black gate if you speak according to the letter answered ritchie but if metaphorically there are worse places in this great city than the devil tavern and i care not if i go thither with you and bestow a pottle of burnt sack on you it will correct the crudities of my stomach and form a gentle preparative for the leg of a cold pullet i pray you in good fashion to let me go said jenkin you may mean me kindly and i wish you to have no wrong at my hand but i am in the humour to be dangerous to myself or any one i will abide the risk said the scot if you will but come with me and here is a place convenient a half nearer than the devil wilk is but an ill-omened drouthy name for a tavern this other of the st andrew is a quiet place where i have ta'en my wetter now and then when i lodged in the neighbourhood of the temple with lord glenvarlock what the deal's the matter with the man guard him gee sick a spang is that and all maist brought himself for me on the causeway do not name that false scot's name to me said jinvin if you would not have me go mad i was happy before i saw him he has been the cause of all the ill that has befallen me he has made a knave and a madman of me if you are a knave said ritchie you have met an officer if you are a daft you have met a keeper but a gentle officer and a kind keeper look you my good friend there has been twenty things said about this same lord in which there is no more truth than in the leasings of mahound the worst they can say of him is that he is not always so amenable to good advice as i would pray him you and every young man to be come with me just come ye with me and if a little spell of siller and a great deal of excellent counsel can relieve your occasions all i can say is you have had the luck to meet one capable of giving you both and mayst willing to bestow them the pertinacity of the scout prevailed over the sullenness of vincent who was indeed in a state of agitation and incapacity to think for himself which led him to yield the more readily to the suggestions of another he suffered himself to be dragged into the small tavern which ritchie recommended and where they soon found themselves seated in a snug niche 
with a reeking pottle of burnt sack and a paper of sugar betwixt them pipes and tobacco were also provided but were only used by ritchie who had adopted the custom of late as adding considerably to the gravity and importance of his manner and affording as it were a bland and pleasant accompaniment to the words of wisdom which flowed from his tongue after they had filled their glasses and drank them in silence ritchie repeated the question whither his guest was going when they met so fortunately i told you said jenkin i was going to destruction i mean to the gaming-house i'm resolved to hazard these two or three pieces to get as much as will pay for a passage with captain sharker whose ship lies at gravesend bound for america and so eastward ho i met one devil in the way already who would have tempted me from my purpose but i spurned him from me you may be another for what i know what degree of damnation do you propose for me he added wildly and what is the price of it i would have you to know answered ritchie that i deal in no such commodities whether as buyer or seller but if you will tell me honestly the cause of your distress i will do what is in my power to help you out of it not being however prodigal of promises until i know the case as a learned physician only gives advice when he has observed the diagnostics no one has anything to do with my affairs said the poor lad and folding his arms on the table he laid his head upon them with the sullen dejection of the overburdened llama when it throws itself down to die in desperation richard Manipolis, like most folk who have a good opinion of themselves was fond of the task of consolation which at once displayed his superiority for the consoler is necessarily for the time at least superior to the afflicted person and indulged his love of talking he inflicted on the poor penitenta harangue of pitiless length stuff full of the usual topics of the mutability of human affairs the eminent advantages of patience under affliction the folly of grieving for what hath no remedy the necessity of taking more care for the future and some gentle rebukes on account of the past which acid he threw in to assist in subduing the patient's obstinacy as hannibal used vinegar in cutting his way through rocks it was not in human nature to endure this flood of commonplace eloquence in silence and jenkin whether desirous of stopping the flow of words crammed thus into his ear against the stomach of his sense or whether confiding in ritchie's protestations of friendship which the wretched says fielding are ever so ready to believe or whether merely to give his sorrows vent in words raised his head and turning his red and swollen eyes to ritchie cock's man only hold thy tongue and thou shalt know all about it and that all i ask of thee is to shake hands and part this margaret ramsay you have seen her man once said ritchie once at master george harriet's in lombard street i was in the room when they dined ay you helped to shift their trenchers i remember said jenvin well that same pretty girl and i will uphold her the prettiest betwixt paul's and the bar she is to be wedded to your lord glenvarlock with a pestilence on him that is impossible said ritchie it is raving nonsense man they make april gowks of you cockneys every month in the year the lord glenvarlock married the daughter of a london mechanic i would as soon believe the great prester john would marry the daughter of a jew packman hark ye brother said jenvin i will allow no one to speak disregardfully of the city for all i am in trouble i crave your pardon man i meant no offence said ritchie but as to the marriage it is a thing simply impossible it is a thing that will take place though for the duke and the prince and all of them have a finger in it and especially the old fool of a king that makes her out to be some great woman in her own country as all the scots pretend to be you know master vincent but that you are under affliction said the consoler offended on his part i would hear no national reflections the afflicted youth apologized in his turns but asserted it was true that the king said pega ramsay was some far-off sort of noble woman and that he had taken a great interest in the match and had run about like an old gander 
cackling about peggy ever since he had seen her in hose endeavour and no wonder added poor vin with a deep sigh this may be all true said richie though it sounds strange in my ears but man you should not speak evil of dignities curse not the king jenkin not even in thy bedchamber stone walls of ears no one has a right to know better than i i do not curse the foolish old man said jenkin but i would have them carry things a peg lower if they were to see on a plain field thirty thousand such pikes as i have seen in the artillery gardens it would not be their long-haired courtiers would help them i trow hout hout man said richie mind where the stewards come frae and never think they want spears or claymores either but leaving sick matters whilk are perilous to speak on i say once more what is your concern in all this matter what is it said jenkin why have i not fixed on peggy ramsay to be my true love from the day i came to her old father's shop and have i not carried her pattens and her chopins for three years and borne her prayer-book to church and brushed the cushion for her to kneel down upon and did she ever say me nay i see no cause she had said richie if the like of such small services were all that you proffered ah man there are few very few either of fools or of wise men ken how to guide a woman why did i not serve her at the risk of my freedom and very nigh at the risk of my neck did she not no it was not her neither but that accursed beldam whom she caused to work upon me persuade me like a fool to turn myself into a waterman to help my lord and upleg to him down to scotland and instead of going peaceably down to the ship at gravesend did not he rant and bully and show his pistols and make me land him at greenwich where he played some swaggering pranks that helped both him and me into the tower ah said richie throwing more than his usual wisdom into his looks so you were the green-jacketed waterman that rode lord clenvarlock down the river the more fool i that did not souse him in the thames said jenkin and i was the lad who would not confess one word of who and what i was though they threatened to make me hug the duke of exeter's daughter well is she man said richie she must be an ill-fashioned piece if you're so much afraid of her and she come of such high kin i mean the rack the rack man said jenkin where were you bred that never heard of the duke of exeter's daughter but all the dukes and duchesses in england could have got nothing out of me so the truth came out some other way and i was set free home i ran thinking myself one of the cleverest and happiest fellows in the ward and she 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 wanted to pay me with money for all my true service and she spoke so sweetly and so coldly at the same time i wished myself in the deepest dungeon of the tower i wished they had racked me to death before i heard this scottish man was to joust me out of my sweetheart but are you sure you have lost her said richie sounds strange in my ears that my lord glenvarlock should marry the daughter of a dealer though there are uncouth marriages made in london i'll allow that why i tell you this lord was no sooner clear of the tower than he and master george here comes to make proposals for her with the king's assent and what not and find fair day prospects of court favour for this lord for he hath not an acre of land well and what said the old watchmaker said richie was he not as might we'll beseem him ready to loop out of his skin case for very joy he multiplied six figures progressively and reported the product then gave his consent and what did you do i rushed into the streets said the poor lad with a burning heart and a bloodshot eye and where did i first find myself but with that beldam mother subtle chop and what did she propose to me but to take the road take the road man in what sense said richie even as a clerk to st nicholas as a highwayman like poins and pedo and the good fellows in the play and who think you was to be my captain for if she had the whole out here i could speak to her i fancy she took silence for consent and thought me damned too unutterably to have one thought left that savoured of redemption who was to be my captain but the knave that you saw me cudgel at the ordinary when you waited on lord glenvarlock a cowardly sharking thievish bully about town here whom they call culpepper culpepper hump i know somewhat of that snake 
said richie can ye by ony chance where he may be heard of master jenkin ye wad do me a sincere service to tell me why he lives something obscurely answered the apprentice on account of suspicion of some villainy i believe that horrid murder in whitefriars or some such matter but i might have heard all about him from dame subtlejub for she spoke of my meeting him at enfield chase with some other good fellows to do a robbery on one that goes northward with a store of treasure and you did not agree to this fine project said monopolies i cursed her for a hag and came away about my business answered jenkin ay and what said she to that man that would startle her said richie not a whit she laughed and said she was in jest answered jenkin but i know the she-devil's jest from her earnest too well to be taken in that way but she knows i would never betray her betray her no replied richie but are ye in any shape bound to this berkey peppercall or culpepper or whatever they call him that ye should let him do a robbery on the honest gentleman that is travelling to the north and may be a kindly scot for what we know i going home with a load of english money said jenkin but be he who he will they may rob the whole world and they list for i am robbed and ruined richie filled his friend's cup up to the brim and insisted that he should drink what he called clean cough out this love he said is but a barrenly matter for a brisk young fellow like yourself master jenkin and if ye must needs have a whimsy though i think it would be safer to venture on a staid womanly body why here be as bonny lasses in london as this peg of ramsay you need not sigh say deeply for it is very true there is as good fish in the sea as ever came out of it now wherefore should you who are as brisk and trig a young fellow of your inches as the sun needs to shine on wherefore need you sit moping this way and not try some bold way to better your fortune i tell you master manipoli said jenkinham as poor as any scot among you i broke my indenture and i think of running my country a well-a-day said richie but that monaby man i can wheel by sad experience that porteth takes away pit and the man sits full still that has a rent in his breeks but courage man you have served me heretofore and i will serve you now if you will but bring me to speech of this same captain it will be the best day's work you ever did i guess where you are master richard you would save your countryman's long purse said jenkin i cannot see how that should advantage me but i reck not if i should bear a hand i hate that braggart that bloody-minded cowardly bully if you can get me mounted i care not if i show you where the dame told me i should meet him but you must stand to the risk for though he is a coward himself i know he will have more than one stout fellow with him we'll have a warrant man said richie and the hue and cry to boot we will have no such thing said jenkin if i'm to go with you i'm not the lad to betray any one to the harman beck you must do it by manhood if i'm to go with you i'm sworn to cutter's law and will sell no man's blood a wheel said richie a wilful man must have his way he must think that i was born and bred where crack crowns were plentier than whole ones besides i have two noble friends here master lowstaff of the temple and his cousin master ringwood that would blithely be of so gallant a party lowstaff and ringwood said jenkin they are both brave gallants they will be sure company know you where they are to be found i marry do i replied richie they are fast at the cards and dice till the small hours i warrant them they are gentlemen of trust and honour said jenkin and if they advise it i will try the adventure go try if you can bring them hither since you have so much to say with them we must not be seen abroad together i know not how it is master manipolis continued he as his countenance brightened up and while in his turn he filled the cups but i feel my heart something lighter since i have thought of this matter thus it is to have counsellors master jenkins said richie and truly i hope to hear you say that your heart is as light as a lavrock's and that before you are many days older never smile and shake your head but mind what i tell you and bide here in the meanwhile till i go to seek these gallants i warrant you cart-ropes would not hold them back from such a ploy as i shall propose to them End of chapter thirty five